What's going on, Veteran fans? Uh, the Grinch is coming to town. We have the new safeties coach. We're going to talk about it and a decidedly mixed reaction from Badger fans. Plus, who are some Michigan guys that we could target with Harbaugh going to the NFL? Justin, there's a couple There's a couple real juicy targets in that 24 recruiting class that Wisconsin was after. We're going to talk about it. Locked on Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked on Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Um, all right, let's just get into it. So I'm going to give the de- the quick details here. Uh, Alex Grinch, if you haven't heard, uh, coming from US, formerly of USC. Uh, he was like was their defense coordinator, coming in as the new safeties coach, taking for, over for Colin Hitchler. Uh, born in Grove City, Ohio, played safety at Mountain Union. He's been coaching since 2002, stops at New Hampshire, Missouri, uh, Washington State, Ohio State, Oklahoma, USC. Justin, I'm just going to kick it to you to start with on this one. Thoughts well, on first that? of all, I want to say it's very special to the some of the guys in the Discord. Clean out your shorts. It will be fine. The... People need to understand we are not hiring him as our defensive coordinator and that he was a very good safety coach at one point. That is the reason why you end up getting positions at places like Ohio State and why you get opportunities to be a defensive coordinator at a very prestigious school like Oklahoma or USC. You need to take that, and we've discussed this before, Sometimes, when it comes to coaching, you get promoted until you prove that you're beyond your skill level. And that's effectively what we saw, what we learned with him. He got promoted until he was defensive coordinator, and that was a position that he just was not capable at anymore. What does that mean? Probably should have less responsibility on his plate, and that's fine. Not everyone, a micromanager might not be as good as somebody as a macro manager is, and I think that that's where the difference lies. Somebody who's going to be a good defensive coordinator needs to look at the big picture and make sure that everything's in the line for the picture. Somebody who's that needs to be good at a safeties coach needs to be a micromanager and know how to get his guys ready at that particular group, ready to play and play correctly. So the way I look at it is we need to stop freaking out about whether or not he's going to be a good coach here. He's been a pretty solid recruiter over his time. I, I think that he's got name recognition value that will probably carry him a little bit, but he's better than what we've had in the past for most of our Wisconsin recruiters. And people need to get that, you know, to, to think of that. But this, what people need to understand from a recruiting standpoint is Fickle clearly looks at it is that recruiting is a collective effort and that everybody's going to work together to get these guys. You may get the initial, you know, push into a, a place, but no one's doing it alone. And that's kind of what we're, we're seeing with Hitchler leaving and some of these guys that he was even the lead recruiter on still committing. It tells you how how much weight that the staff carries as a whole versus just that particular recruiter. Yeah. I mean, I can understand the perspective of someone who is a little let down by the hire. I really can. Cause he, yeah. he, does, he, it does feel like you hired somebody that just got fired. I mean, it doesn't even feel like it. That's, that's what happened. And that's never the best optic, right? As a defensive coordinator, USC's defense was not, not very defensive. It was not very good. So I can understand like, Hey, he failed at that. He's kind of a retread. And, 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 and that's, that's fair. 
I get that perspective, but what what I would say is, hey, Justin's point is correct, and there's I want to throw this up here in the from Zach Bartz too. He's a safety coach, not the DC. He failed at a DC. Yeah. Basically, the same thing you were saying, Justin. Um, he's not coming in as that that guy that failed at USC. He's coming in as a safeties coach. He's been a co-defensive coordinator for a bunch of years. I think um, taking some of that off his plate and he can just hyper focus on safeties. It's probably going to help him. That's the position mm-hmm. he plays. The other thing I would say, and I, this is a point I've made a couple places. Sometimes look at who's given him a vote of confidence, right? And I'm not trying to sell this or not sell this to anybody. Everybody's entitled to feel however they want to feel about it. But these are the coaches that have hired um, Alex Grinch over his career. Lincoln Riley, uh, one of the highest paid coaches in college football. Luke Fickle, one of the highest paid coaches in college football. Urban Meyer hired him, one of the best coaches college football's ever seen at Ohio State. Uh, Mike Leach hired him, right? Again, one of the more intelligent coaches we've ever seen that there's a lot of incredibly intelligent coaches that have have interviewed Alex Grinch and come away saying, yeah, I would like to have him on staff. I think that carries a lot of weight. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. I just think that it's, it's short-sighted and it's very ignorant to just say that the guy's not like he has no coaching ability and that there's nothing there. He clearly, the bulk of coaches in college football never get an opportunity to coach at the places that he's been allowed to coach. Has he done it at a high level? No, he hasn't. But there's a reason why he got to that position in the first place, which means you, you can't fake it at that level. You're not walking into a room and and talking out of your butt to Urban Meyer and having him be like, "That's the guy we need. We need to bring him in here." No, we've heard, we've seen Urban Meyer do like analytical reviews of things that are going on in game and stuff like that before. He understands football, so if this guy was trying to BS him, he would have totally picked up on it. Same with, with Lincoln Riley and I'm sure any of these other guys. Yeah, I agree with that. It seems like Luke Fickle, too, because he, he, he essentially he crushed the interview with Luke Fickle, right? Like that's the final test. He came in, he interviewed, and he's not getting the job if Luke Fickle doesn't walk away feeling good about it. So if you believe in Luke Fickle, now maybe you don't because maybe you look at hmm, Jack McNell and maybe you look at Brown and maybe you look at uh, – there's been some staff defections and maybe you're starting to lose a little faith there, but – I think Luke Fickle made a hire that he felt comfortable with, and I still have quite a bit of trust in Luke Fickle as a judge of, of coaching talent and character. Um, so I, I don't hate it. I would say um, as a recruiter, I'm not sure, right? Like we love Hitchler. That, I think that's what, fair. Yeah. No matter what, Hitchler's a good recruiter. This guy's been at Oklahoma, Ohio State. He's been at some really choice places, and yeah. I don't know how he's going to recruit at Wisconsin. I think it's hard to take a look at his recruiting stats because he's been a defensive coordinator at the bulk of his last few positions, and he's not the primary or secondary recruiter. That does not mean that he would did not play an active role in getting some very high-level targets. It's quite possible that you look at the guy and you're like, he was the closer for these five high four-star recruits. And that could be as simple as what it was. Like he was the guy who was tasked with being able the one to shut it down. That's normally what like your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, or head coach are. It's kind of the same thing in basketball with what a head coach does. He's not the one running out on the out to see the recruits on a regular basis. You bring him in for a visit to kind of get that shock and awe. And then you get him in for the the final one to, to lock people down. It's kind of the same thing with the defensive coordinator. He's not running around to his position group guys and doing it. He might get brought in if there's somebody that is a particularly stiff battle to help do it, but he's probably not the primary no matter what. So you you have to kind of take a look at it and say, we don't totally know what his ability is over the last, what is it, five, six years? He's been a defensive coordinator. 
My yes. guess is that he was probably not responsible for primary being primary on more than a handful of guys during that time. Yeah, and to your point, a lot of defensive coordinators aren't, right? I, we talked about this before the show. How much of a recruiter was Jim Leonard or, or Mike Tressel or Dave Aranda, right, mm -hmm. as defensive coordinators? Like, you have more on your plate in that role. You're not as much of a – so now as a safeties coach, he's going to he's gonna have to recruit better. Like, he's mm -hmm. going to have to up his game. He can't be a dud there. I, I imagine he knows that coming in. Um, there's a good comment here I wanted to get to. This is, I think, a really good point from Reed Vanden Slunt. 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 There's an N in there. Um Comes in with something to prove with a chip on his shoulder. There's a high upside higher. Yeah, so every move in his career up to this point, Justin, has basically been moving up, either from lower schools to higher ones or from co-defensive coordinator to coordinator. Mm -hmm. This is the first time he's really been knocked down a rung. That could do a lot for somebody's motivation. He could come in yeah. here pretty hungry, I think. Yeah, it's kind of a come-to-Jesus moment where he's got to kind of take a look at himself and see what, what are his failings, what are the things that he's doing well, and kind of reinvent himself, so to speak. It's a good opportunity for him to figure out the best possible way to move forward in his career, whether that's just as a position coach or if he wants to find a way to hopefully be successful at some point as a defensive coordinator. Uh, another comment up here. Do you think this is a long-term hire? This is from Christian Gross. Justin, I'll let you start on this one. I would say probably not. Um, it's possible he could be here for like two, three years, but I think the opportunity for him is to kind of build up some – positive results again and hopefully get an opportunity to jump on as maybe like a smaller power five defensive coordinator mm -hmm. would be my guess it's not going to be a top level job again he'll probably have to prove himself as a dc before he's going to get an opportunity to get coach at that level again yep i, I agree if you look at his career track he, he's made a lot of jumps but again it's been all prom promotional type jumps this mm -hmm. is really the first time he's been knocked back which tells me if he does well in this role he's going to take another promotional jump but that's mm -hmm. also good for Wisconsin. If, like if you bring someone in and he excels and he outgrows his role and somebody comes and plots him, that means he did good while he was there. So that's a win to me. All right, we're going to take a quick break, Justin, friends of the show. Come back. I'm going to ask you both the, the the last question with the staff thing. Is the staff better than last year's? We're going to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers and then get into those prospects that we might be able to poach from Michigan given their coaching drama. That's coming up next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at Game Time. Game Time remains your number one source for all of your tickets for everything you could possibly want, sports, concerts, theater, music, whatever it is. It's all there on Game Time. You're going to download the Game Time app. Use code LOCKEDON. You get $20 off. You get pictures of the seats before you sit down. You know exactly what the arena is going to look like. Get a look of uh, what the uh, you know view of your, your game seats are going to look like. When Dame hits that game winner, you know exactly what that seat's going to look like because you're going on Game Time. You're using their tools. Last-minute sales, flash deals, it's all there. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game time has made it easy and simple. Snake the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code Lockdown College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Lockdown College for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, Justin, um, is the staff better than last year? On the offensive side of the ball, I'd say yes. Um, I, I think it's a wait and see on defense. I, I think there's a good chance that. Grinch is pretty much a an apples to apples swap. Like you end up getting a guy who's effectively the same thing. I don't think he's a bad recruiter. I think we need to find out how good he is, which I think he's probably a pretty good recruiter. Urban Meyer does not hire guys that are not good recruiters. So that tells you what you need to know about him at Ohio State. Because he never he wouldn't be making it through the door if he was not a guy who was a 
top shelf recruiter in the Big Ten for for Urban Meyer. Um, that does not mean that he is a top, you know, elite elite guy. Sometimes there's a balance there, but he's he's good. I have no doubt about that. Or he never would have gotten the door at Ohio State. So I feel like you're saying slight uptick overall. Overall, yes, because I think the offensive side is going to be better. I think Guyton's going to be a better recruiter, and I think he'll get along better with with Longo, and that could be substantially better for the team in general. Uh, I think the offensive line play may end up getting better if they have somebody who's more, a little bit more of a drill sergeant, which sounds like Blazik fits that role a little bit better. And if that's the case, that could be a, a big pot. It's not going to take a lot for the offensive side of the ball to be significantly better. Mm-hmm. Like that's what people need to realize. It was not good this last year. Like it's got – if we get even to average on offense this next year, it's a huge uptick and it balances things out a lot. And honestly, from a personnel, the biggest shortcoming we had this last year was personnel. And I think that we're that is going to change in our favor going forward. We're going to have opportunities to get some guys in there that are going to help make that look better. Um, and we might be, we might not even be better coaching this year. It might just be better players, which makes that infinitely more difficult to tell. I'm going to say push. I feel like I want to say push on this because I, I do I, think I, I won't argue that. I think he took a downgrade at safety. I, I mean, okay. when you look in the optics, at least the optics of it, right? You lost a guy to Bama and you hired a guy that was fired at USC. And I, you and I have talked about the firing of USC thing. Like USC's weird that Lincoln Riley never has good defenses and he's coming in as a safeties guy, not a DC. All that agreed. You're still, it, that still feels like a downgrade to me. I think you would have kept Hitchler over bringing in Alex Grinch, right? I think you would have done that, yeah, all things being equal. Offensively, I think you're a little better, though. I, I like Blazek more. I, I think everybody I've talked to, I'm getting more and more excited about him. I'm just not 100% sure on Guyton. Um, I think there's potential there for an upgrade for sure. Um, so, But with a bit of a downgrade on defense, a bit of an upgrade on offense, I'm just going to say kind of a push overall is where I'm at on that. That's fair. Uh, let, let's talk Michigan, guys. Um, do you want? I have a list of guys. I think you probably have a couple guys. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start just rattling off well, player? I mean, the big two that you'd be looking at are Marion Stewart and uh, Dominic Nichols. Let's go. Um, Nichols is probably the far more likely of the two to actually be available. I don't know. Technically, they have until February second if they can talk one of these kids into the getting, or if one of these kids ends up making a jump into the portal to still get a kid at Wisconsin. It's a possibility, um, but. Most likely, if there's going to be movement, I would say it's likely they're going to be coming out in the summer. So it's going to be the next – well, they could technically hit the portal, but I don't know if you can actually, you know, enroll at this point and actually be eligible for spring. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I think there's quite a few guys that are on that roster. I just don't know who Fickle was actually in on when they were originally recruiting, and I can't look at previous – Badger guys and say, well, we want Roderick Pierce because the previous staff is on him. It doesn't necessarily mean he's a fit for what the staff wants to do at that spot. They might really, they might really like him still, but I don't know for sure that he fits. If Kenneth Grant was a possibility, I would say that they probably would be on him. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, let's go with those 224 guys you talked about. I mean, we talked about a really good recruiting class this year, right? And who are the two, like, what are the two missing pieces? That big kind of Boundary receiver, um, a Marion Stewart. He's not huge, but he definitely fits more of that than a, a Kyle Barry Johnson. And that rangy defensive end, like 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", that frame that's Nichols right there. Those two dudes would slot in. It feels like we went to a cabin, an Airbnb, right? And we dumped out the puzzle. We put it all together, Justin, and we're missing two pieces. 
Mm -hmm. One of those pieces is a big defensive end, and one of those is a receiver. And they're both on Michigan's roster. Their coach just left. I agree with you. Nichols feels more likely. He had kind of an interesting just one of those just emoji tweets after the mm -hmm. Harbaugh news drop, but enough of something that makes you think, oh, well, he's not happy about that, obviously. Um, I, I hope they go full court on him. I thought they had a really good chance in the recruitment. He would fit such a need on this roster. Oh, well, they have him. Defensive line group. I mean, right. they, they had him committed until they found out, until his you know family said, hey, let's let's take this visit yet to just check it out. And and unfortunately, they lost him, which isn't shocking. Michigan has a, that effect on a lot of recruits. Yep. But it's pretty clear that he really likes the staff here. And if the people that you decided to commit to at Michigan are no longer there, and not to mention that, I, I really think Michigan's going to take a big step back. They're losing a ton on offense that I don't think they can replace. Even if your defense is great, you could end up losing three games this next year. Yeah, they're well. They're they're going to have the same issue we had. Even if Sharon Moore comes in, um, they're going to have the same issue with a lot of flux, mm -hmm. right? They're, I mean, there's going to be transition. There's going to be new coaches, new voices, people transferring in and out. They're going to have the same kind of growing pains that we had with Luke Fickle year one. They're definitely going to take a step back, one hundred percent. Any more thoughts? So I I did want to mention you you brought it up, Roderick Pierce. Uh, I don't know how likely. Certainly. I think the one thing you could point to, though, is you know he did like Madison, right? There's at yeah. least an affinity to Madison there in the football. For sure, program. yes. So you can at least lean back on that. That's something that uh, Jess Curtis talked a lot about with Tackett. You know, he, he comes in the portal, and he already knows he loves Madison. So mm -hmm. at least with Pierce, there's that. Um, but your point is correct. That was a previous staff. Who really knows if this staff would go after that same type of player? Mm -hmm. But we highlighted the two big ones. And then there's certainly other people on that roster. They're going to oh, be watching. There's no them. doubt about that. Yeah. And there's going to be – listen, as much as we want to say tampering – is not happening. We know it's happening. It's not just going to be Wisconsin. There's going to be everybody reaching out to these kids, pushing for it. And there's like, no matter what you're going to do here, there's going to be a downgrade at coach. So some of these kids are going to just be like, I'm not, I don't want to play for that dude. They might say that even if it's Sharon Moore, you know, Hey, he's not Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is a highly successful guy who's coached in NFC or the championship games in the Super Bowl before. So you have a guy who has a pedigree that Sharon Moore doesn't have. And it's putting a lot for these kids when you have only four years to play to say, I'm going to put my career in this guy's hands who has never been a head coach before. I, That's a big risk. Let, let's talk about that coming up next. I got to take one more quick break. I, I want to talk a little bit about Michigan, the impact on the Big Ten, and then take some of your comments because I agree with you, Justin. I if, Let's talk about that coming up, and uh, we'll get into a, a Game of Thrones reference here. Bo Drayton says Wisconsin is the Big Ten Game of Thrones. How stark. I love how stark, man, so I'll take that. Uh, we're going to take one quick break for our friends of the show here over at FanDuel. FanDuel is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. Um, the best place to get all your futures, parlays, teasers, spreads. If you want great action, please do it responsibly. Please do it responsibly, but go have fun. FanDuel.com slash locked on. New customers get a great offer. $5 bet gets you $150. Win or lose in bonus bets. $150 win or lose in bonus bets. So whether you're college basketball, NFL, whatever it is, NBA, whatever it is, FanDuel is there for you to make the betting easiest. Justin, NFC Championship game, Niners minus seven or Detroit plus seven. Where you're betting the mortgage, where would you put your money on this one this weekend? It's probably going to be Niners, but <laughs> it's a toss-up game. Like the, the Lions are going to come with everything you got. Right. They got that's that is a first time team that's never been in this position that wants every opportunity to do it. Like they may be a team of destiny. It's mm -hmm. been what 
80 years since they last probably won a Super Bowl or won a championship. Yep. So they're they're definitely going to give it everything they've got. That's an easy team to root for, no doubt about it. Uh, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on this weekend. Make your first bet of layup. FanDuel's the official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, Justin, um, let's let's talk a little more Michigan. Impact on the Big Ten, Michigan itself. If I were Michigan, I am not, unless I can't find anybody else, I'm not entrusting uh, my, my powerhouse program to a 37-year-old who's never been a head coach. I don't care how much of a rising star he is. That feels mm-hmm. that feels really iffy to me with, with more. I would go, I would throw the bank at Lightbulb. Lance Label, I'd just say, what would it take to get you? I would call that that would scare the heck out of me yeah. if that would happen. Because he would probably retire there. So you're probably getting seven, eight years out of Leipold. And that's a dude that I would worry about walking into Michigan day one and making them a problem for the rest of the big time. Mm-hmm. I, I believe in him that much as a coach. Like he's he's never had a roster that's Michigan's level at in the in college football. And he won nine games with Kansas, where he's never probably had a recruiting class that's in the top 40. So you give him that roster littered with that, and they're going to just bum rush people, especially with that offense. Like people can say whatever they want to about what Michigan's offense was this last year. It's not Kansas. I've watched a lot of Kansas football the last few years. It's if there was an offense that I would choose at Wisconsin other than Phil Longo's, and I'd probably take it over Phil Longo's style. It's just, it's like watching. It's like making you force between being set on fire or lit up with liquid nitrogen. You're dying either way. Like they are excellent at passing for chunk yardage because they put you in binds with all the movement and pre-snap stuff that they do or running the football out of weird triple option things that ends up getting you seven, eight yards a pop. And I've watched them when that offense is clicking and it's like every time you move, a guy's getting seven, eight yards. The drives are with half run plays are ending in six play, seven play drives. Well, they would, and he would have, he would have just a cupboard full of weapons of mm-hmm. talent. That he's never been able to not even have sniff. He's never been able to sniff that level of talent. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when we know how dominant he was in trip in uh D three, like he would be a disaster at Michigan for the rest of the conference. And I'm hoping that they don't go that route. Right. Um, what, where, where does that put Michigan? Do you think going forward into next year? Like what, because obviously you got USC coming in, Washington, Oregon, UCLA. Although UCLA doesn't scare me at all, I've said that several times. I USC doesn't scare me at all. USC well, scares I mean, me more than UCLA. I Does take that. Go? I take that back. I believe US, USC made some NFL hires, so they may finally have somebody in there that's going to lean heavily on the defense and actually be able to figure it out, or they, maybe somebody that's at least going to be like Lincoln. We can't do it this way. It's not going to work. We need to make changes so that they understand what they need to do. But I haven't been impressed with them. They they lose to anyone that can actually punch them in the mouth. Yeah, it's going to be fun in the Big Ten to see them. I I either way, like, did, does this feel like a speed bump for Michigan, or does this feel like you got you got sent back to second base? We saw how hard Alabama had to work to find their guy, and I think DeBoer is a guy who has a lot of upside, but he's not as established as you'd probably like to have in that role. And I think that that's a big deal. Um, It tells you what Michigan is working with. They're not going to have like this. Part of what's going on right now, there are not a lot of up and coming coaches that you look at. They're like, that guy's the next dude. Most of the guys who you look at and say that that guy's an absolute stud are already at a big time program. So unless they're going to leave a really good situation for another 
where you kind of have a lot of unknown, I don't see it happening. Like, who's the guy that you'd probably look at? It'd probably be Lanning from from Oregon. And Lanning. I don't see that happening. He's not leaving. He's he turned down Bama. Like he's not gonna go to you know, well, he's definitely not going there if he turned down Bama. I mean they talked I, to, I've seen Brian Kelly named. Guess what? Guess what Brian Kelly has? Way more flexibility at LSU, who has doesn't exactly have the best scruples to move to Michigan, who's gonna put a, a leash on him. Like yeah. that's not happening. Like he's got he's got carte blanche to do whatever he wants as the LSU coach because they just want to win. Michigan is going to be like, we really want to win, but we also yeah. care about public perception a little bit. And they also want a Michigan guy. Like, Michigan is a little yeah. arrogant. Um, Bo Dragon says, with Harbaugh gone, they suck. They doesn't suck, by the way, Bo. Um, but I get your point. There is something to be said about what his ceiling truly is, though. Because now that we're getting about. further removed from, from Urban Meyer's players, it's starting to get a little bit harder to see, you know, where where their route is to being this dominant team in the Big Ten. Like, he's I don't come like into this season thinking that they're going to be undefeated. No, but he's lost like four Big Ten games in four. Yeah, years. no, you're, there's right. no doubting that. But they look far more vulnerable this last year than they have prior. Like, they would just blow people off the field in prior years. This last year, they had to work for it in a lot of games. Yeah, I I still look at the win loss record. Like, my only point is like, oh, right is, I, I agree with that. Um. So, but his point is the Big Ten is fickles to seize. Uh, with Harbaugh gone, Michigan maybe in turmoil. Listen, Washington replaced their entire starting offensive lineup this offseason. Yeah. Literally, yeah, every I, I, regardless of if you think Jed Fish is a good coach, like he's got so much work to put in. And this is the same thing with the Bama game. The Bama game gets sneaky, like way more competitive with DeBoyer there as a the coach because that roster got turned over. And there's going to be a difference now into just how much depth you know, Bama has in that game going forward. If you go from having loaded with four and five stars, three deep to being, we're really loaded one and a half. That makes a big difference. I think they have spots. They probably need to shore up. I'm sure. I'm sure. I bet I still don't see any chance for us there. Probably not. But the way you need to look at it is like, how vulnerable did they get from what, from what left? And not having that depth can be a problem. Like it, it take can take one busted play in a game like that. That ends up being the difference. No, I, listen, it, it gets easier. Certainly yeah. the legend leaves and the talent gets less, right? Playing mm-hmm. Bama gets easier for Wisconsin and it's in Madison. It's early in the season too. That's the other part, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's less time to gel, but they, we're, we were a seven win team last year. Yeah. No, it, there's like, no doubting that. Um, I mean, the biggest thing I'll say is this, is that it's becoming parody is becoming a big issue other than Georgia. In college football, like there is, there are not a bunch of dominant teams that we're looking at right now that you look at and say they're they're impossible to beat. Alabama, Georgia, and LSU a few years ago when they were doing their thing, and 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 honestly, Ohio State was in there, and Clemson were in there. We those have all been somewhat downgraded. Like some of the the shine has come off of Clemson. Mm-hmm. I think you'd say Kirby Smart is the guy running college football right now. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else is like a, a rung or two down and trying to ca- play catch up with him. So it's basically they're proving themselves. You know, Ryan Day is proving himself. The Boyer is prove has to prove himself. Mm-hmm. You have um, what's his name at Clemson has to kind of recapture oh. it. Yeah, Dabu needs to recatch it. And it's like you guys are a step down from where you need to be. You got a lot to to learn and, and figure out. Because it feels like there's a lot of 10 and 2 teams that are in college football right now. And then there's Georgia. 
The problem is, though, and not to turn this, this is going to be a really good offseason topic. And I, I agree with the overall premise here. It feels like some of the dominant teams have taken a slight step backwards. Um, not even seems they have, right? Ohio State a quarterback, Alabama without Saban. Uh, they certainly have LSU defensively. Um, however, you talk about a lot of 10 and 2 teams. Wisconsin's not even at that level. And no, then, they're not. And when people start talking about the Big Ten is there for the taking, and um, I'm not picking on anybody, Bo. I love the optimism, Bo. Like, I love it. Uh, Wisconsin's got a long ways to go before they're at that level. And we, even Michigan taking a step back. Well, and I don't look at the Big Ten. Step up forward to reach that. I don't look at it as winning the Big Ten. Do I think upsets are possible. And that's more what I look at. Like, there's a chance we could end up winning a game we have no business winning. We could end up – if just because we're more comfortable with what we're trying to do, there's a chance we could upset Alabama if Alabama has not figured things out early in the season with brand-new schemes and a bunch of players who aren't necessarily comfortable in their roles. It's possible. That. They're going to be the more talented team. But if it's not clicking yet at that point in the season, it's there's an opportunity there. But – would I bet on it? Probably not. But the point is, is when you have all this stuff that's a mess right now, there's going to be teams that end up dropping games that they shouldn't. And yep. we're going to see some of that. No, you're dead on with Bama, right? And maybe I'm just falling into the what Bama's done the last 15 years, and they're not that Bama without statement, but they're still going to be so much more mentally talented than we are, no matter what, right? Like, they don't recruit three stars, essentially. I mean, yeah, so – and even even DeBoer, like, DeBoer's not saving. He was just in the playoffs, though. Like I mean, that's a real coach. You true, but he was recruiting at a worse level than Wisconsin, at least the last cycle. So I mean, he could be really good there. He could also drop their composite down to something like a ninety-one, which when you're going from a ninety-four is a significant drop. Like it, then it really comes down to how good are you at developing these kids so that they can play at that level because you're not playing with five stars that are walking in and effectively looking at a guy who's a top three round draft pick as long as he packs on a little muscle and you do a little refining. Like I said, the difference between Bama and everybody else in Ohio State and a couple of these others, they polish. They don't develop. They they just do the shine job up there and, and rough a little, or take a little of the rough off some of the edges because most of the guys they're getting are already so physically talented that they don't have to build them up from nothing. Mm -hmm. You're building at some of these other spots, and that's the difference between doing that. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Um, they're going to take a step back. A couple more questions. Oh, a couple more comments here. This is from Strong. Grinch is a positional coach. Can that be looked at as a home run hire in a couple of years? There's a reason he got the D.C. job at multiple Blue Blood programs. Um, I do love this. This is a guy who brings a ton of experience. He's a secondary's coach. He's a safeties coach. He's also been a D.C. And he's, he's been a D.C. When you look at the spots he's been in, that means he's been a D.C. against mm -hmm. Oregon and against you know Michigan and against mm – -hmm. um, Texas, right? He's been at DC against a lot of really good weapons. And I think that's valuable now that you, he's just a secondary coach. He's going to bring a uh, unique value there on experience and insight. Epic uh, one for Badgers. Wisconsin is just an agree or disagree. Wisconsin is behind Ohio State, Oregon, and Penn State. That's it for now in the Big Ten, those three schools. I, Penn State shouldn't be in any argument, but the top three teams right now are probably Ohio State, Oregon. Oh, man. Um, I think it's Michigan until they we've proven that they're down. Like we need to see it until we can prove it. I mean, they're the, the reigning national championship. Mm -hmm. Whoever they hire at that, they they could be, they could fall off a cliff this next year. And quite frankly, if if they hire Sharon Moore or anybody that's not an A plus hire, they probably will. I just think that when you have, you go from something that successful to 
trying to rebuild with somebody who's probably going to want to do things differently, there's going to be some learning curve there. Um, and that's going to affect them. But Penn State, I'm, I'm on with them simply because if they let the offensive coordinator there do what he's supposed to, the guy from Kansas and Kotelnicki, they're going to be substantially improved on offense. I don't know whether I trust uh, their Franklin to let him do his thing. And that will probably be the difference between whether they can take a, a step up or not. I think the quarterback's capable of being really good. But if Kotelnicki's not allowed to just run offense the way he did at Kansas, where they basically just could drop 30-plus on anybody at will, um, I, I think there's going to be a problem. And I think that will probably grate on that coach if he ends up getting there and isn't allowed to kind of do his thing. I think he, Franklin brings guys in to let them do their thing. And if they, if they don't, he, he gets rid of them really quick. Um, I would have Wisconsin behind Ohio State, Oregon. I would have them behind Penn State, Epic one. I would have them behind Michigan. Michigan just won the title. No matter how much turnover, you have to have Wisconsin behind Michigan. Man, I would – then it gets tricky to me. I, I would probably have them – I mean, because, again, like, listen, we're a seven-win team. We didn't even mm-hmm. win the West last year. Iowa beat us. I mean, I, I'm not saying we're behind Iowa, but I think we have a there's a reasonable tier gap there. I think you have to look at it. Are, are we talking talent level? Or are we talking like win loss? I think maybe this is a combination of everything. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's a amalgamate uh, of everything. I don't know. I, I just feel from a tier standpoint. Yeah, if we're talking like, programs, we're certainly not behind Iowa. But if we're talking like who is most likely? Well, I mean, Iowa's, if I'm not mistaken, their schedule this next year is a joke. Oh, Washington, too. We're beyond Washington, too. I don't care how many pieces they lost. They were just in the playoffs. For me. For me. We're behind Washington, too. I, I, I expect them to drop off a cliff, to be quite honest. I That's think fine. they got gutted by a lot of guys following their coach to Bama. Um, and I also think that they didn't necessarily have that level of depth to fill in behind like you would if you're a blue blood and losing your coach. It's possible. They did just go to the playoffs though, and we won seven games. Like I think it, at some, it, it, I hate to be simplistic, and you're right. There's nuance. At some point, though, it's to me, it's as simple as that. Like they went to the playoffs. We'll so we see. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say that anything's not going to happen. But I, the, there's the schools that I would be would not be shocked. I expect Washington to drop. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they're seven and five, eight and four this next year. Mm-hmm. Well, if they're eight and four, they're still better than we were last year, though. Right? Like that doesn't mean they're better than us this year. That's true. Fair point. Uh, very fair point. Bo says it's up to TVD. Somebody else. Yep. Tyler Van Dyke. It's up to Van Dyke for sure. Um, any more quick comments here? Bo Dragon agrees with a lot of what you're saying, Justin, in some ways. Uh, expect those Pac-12 teams to feel the suck soon. Uh, just be regular-ass <laughs> teams. There, listen, there's a physicality in the Big Ten. I've talked. Like, USC is going to be in for a hurting. I really Yeah, they, I will not be shocked if they are 8-4 and four this next year. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that they're going to struggle. They're not going to stop anyone on defense that has an offensive pulse. They just don't. And I think that if there's one thing we know, most of the teams in the Big Ten have a good defense. Like, they're going to at least make, it, make USC uncomfortable with what they do. And I don't think USC has a quarterback right now, do they? Um... I think they lost everybody. Didn't the five star that was there before leave when they thought he thought somebody else was coming in? I got to be honest, I have no clue what their yeah, I'm almost positive he did. That's the kid. They had a five star follow Lincoln from Oklahoma to USC, and I thought he was still there. Like he was the guy who's going to take over after um, after Cam, but maybe not. Yeah, I thought they were going to get somebody there, Caleb, and then Caleb, Caleb, but. and then he entered the portal. Maybe he just withdrew his name. I haven't followed him that closely to know for sure, but I know they had a five star 
and I was under the impression that he uh, – yeah, their QB threw six touchdowns in a bowl game. Who were they playing in that bowl game? Tyler Schreiber, their QB threw six touchdowns in the bowl game. I don't actually know who USC played. Yeah. A Not lot right. of times that can depend on who you actually play. They're, they're always going to have talent, though, too. Like, Lincoln Riley will have quarterbacks. Lincoln Riley's proven a couple things. He will yeah. – he, he can throw him. anyone out there. Like he's one of the few coaches that can basically put a chair out there, and he'll probably have three touchdown passes. Commandant says Oregon is a beast coming into the Big Ten. I 100. They are. They're. I would put them as the number one this year. Yeah, I keep, I keep see people keep dumping Ohio State into that spot, and I just don't buy it. I think Oregon's set to, with with Gabriel and at quarterback. They had a really young team, Oregon, this last year, and they were a tick behind being in the playoff already offensively they're light years ahead of where Ohio state is. And I say that even with them just bringing Gabriel in because he's a better quarterback than anybody on the Ohio state roster. Will yeah. Howard is not going in the shootout with, no. with Gabriel. They they have in Oregon, obviously they have that unique spot where they've been recruiting at a top five, top 10 level. And they also splurge like crazy bandits in the portal because they mm-hmm. have to fill night money. They have the best of both worlds. They, they get the cream of the crop on both sides of it. Um, all right, we're going to wrap it up there. Again, uh, really do appreciate everybody tuning in. A bunch of comments we didn't quite get to, but um, yeah, new new coach. I think Justin and I are mostly on board with it, and it's mm-hmm. kind of a wait and see. Go get a couple of those twenty four Michigan guys. Uh, someone did have a comment, Justin. We need to go get a couple of the under upperclassmen on that roster, not just freshmen. I'll take them, but they're going to be tougher to pull if unless we have yep. some type of connection. Yep, agreed. Um, with that, on Wisconsin. We'll talk to you guys later. As always, really do appreciate it, and. Uh, Justin, any last thoughts? I'll let you lead out on that one. I'm going to take uh, Mitchell Lee's comment there, beat Sparty. Yes. Let's go, Mitchell. Love it. Beat Sparty. Let's go.